Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Um, I wanna talk to you about provision for the vision because I feel like God is doing something. Some years ago, I had an encounter where uh, I went in with our intercessors and part of my role as prophetic ministries director you're like, what is that? I get to love a lot of people. That's what it is. I get to train a lot of people in the prophetic, hearing God's voice. And, and one of my roles as well is to oversee all of our intercession at the church. And, and so I was with our intercessors. And, you know, you've got all of these incredible men and women who are praying over you. And they, intercessors are kind of crazy in a good way. Any of you intercessors in this room? Okay, you're like... Okay, yeah, they're loud and proud. Come on, that's right. Um, but they they were they were all praying over me, and I was speaking to them and encouraging them, and then they prayed over me, and then afterwards they had all of these this bag full of cards, and each of them had some kind of prophetic artwork or declaration, and each of the card had some kind of money in it, and most of it was like a dollar, three dollars, three, five dollars, but it had different denominations. When I got done, I counted it all up and it equaled $365. And I heard God say this, there's provision for every day. There's provision for every day of your life and you shouldn't want any more for anything any day because I have provision for every day for you. That happened, and the next day, I go into one of my classes, and a young man comes up to me. He says, hey, one of my jobs is uh, I, I clean up the offices at night, and that helps support my, my time here at school. And, and he said, I went into your office last night to clean your office, and there was an angel in your office, and the angel punched me in the stomach. And I thought, well, that's weird. He must be a guardian angel, you know. <laughs> hey, stay out of my office, you know. But he, 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 he laughed and he said, no, actually the angel punched me in the stomach and he says, I'm the angel of, the fi of finance and I've been assigned to Ben Armstrong. And I'm like, oh, 365 blessing, angel of finance. Hey, I got some pretty good things going for me, you know. I don't know, do, does anyone see angels in here? Okay, you, some of you have seen angels. Like, I rarely see, like physically see things like that. I have dreams of angels and stuff like that. But I'm like, I, I want to see angels. I remember when my kids were like, oh, dad, look at that angel. And I'm looking, they're like, dad, wrong direction. Over here, I'm like pray for my eyes, kids. I, I need to have faith like you and see see the angels. So this happens, and and the next week I'm on a a ministry trip to Korea, and I'm ministering to a bunch of uh, leaders from all over Korea. Um, pastors, movement leaders, different uh, leaders around Korea, and they all come to this retreat center, and I'm super excited that, wow, my time is just getting bigger. Now I've got 24 minutes. See, there's provision for the vision. It's happening already. Come on, Jesus, do it again, God. Do it again. This is awesome. And, 
And I go to this thing and I felt like in one of the sessions that God spoke directly to me and he said, Ben, your name is Benjamin. It means son of my right hand. It's the fully that is that that right hand kind of blessing on a son goes to the firstborn, but Benjamin was the twelfthborn. It's it's a unique thing. And 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 I used to think, oh yeah, I'm Benjamin. I get the double blessing. I, I get it. Until God began to speak to me and he said, Hey, Ben. Uh, did you know that the double blessing was reserved for that firstborn because they would become the patriarch of the family and it was their responsibility to be a blessing for the family. Thus, they got a double portion so that they could distribute blessing. It wasn't about Benjamin getting more blessing. It was about the people that they cared for. And, and I'm like, oh, okay, God. So I had to repent from that years ago. But I, I went into this time and I thought, you know what? I, I feel like I'm supposed to release the double blessing anointing over these pastors and ministers because they are giving and sowing into people and they need that double portion in order to be the blessing that God's called them to be. Amen. How many of you want to be that blessing? But as I went in, God says, hey, Ben, I don't want you to release the double portion. I want you to release the triple portion, the triple blessing, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. We all want to get involved in this one. I'm like, all right, well, let's do this. So I, I, I start talking about this blessing and this, this angel of finance and 365 days worth of blessing. There's blessing for every day. And I'm going through this whole thing and I'm, I'm like, I feel like I, I want to release this and we're going to do a blessing tunnel. I, it, you kind of line people up and you just pray over all of them. I don't know. They make a tunnel. I walk through, you know, some tunnels you walk through. This one, I was going to walk through and, and bless everyone with the triple uh, blessing anointing. And so I'm getting ready to do that and I'm just about to line them all up and a little old lady, you know when little old ladies come to you and ask for the microphone, you're like, yes, ma'am. So that's respect, and she comes up and she grabs the mic from me, and I'm like, oh, okay, what's going on here? She says, hey, you, you don't know this, but um, I, I came to this, this conference, and, and God told me uh, to give you $1,000. And I'm like, whoa, 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 I'm getting a little embarrassed because this is about me blessing you guys, not you blessing me. And so I said, uh, ah, this, this, this feels awkward. And she said, yeah, um, the problem is I only have $1,000 in my bank account. And now it feels even, uh, this feels like the widow's might, like this feels horrible. And, and now I'm getting even more embarrassed. And, and she said, but the problem is we're way up on this mountain and my bank is an hour away and I have no way, way to get there. And I was sharing to this lady that showed up last night and, uh, I said, hey, um, hey, I was thinking about giving an offering to Ben. And she said, oh, well, my husband gave me this money to give in an offering. And the lady said, we already took the offering for the conference. Well, my husband gave me $2,000. The lady said, is there any way I can borrow 
$1,000 from you. I'll pay you back when we get down. But can I borrow $1,000 from you to give to, to Ben? And she said, no, I won't let you borrow $1,000, but I'll give you $1,000 if you give my $1,000 to Ben. And she hands me an envelope for $2,000. This other little lady in the front grabs the mic from me and says, oh my goodness, I just went to pastor and I said, I feel like I'm supposed to give Ben $1,000 today. And she's, she's like, does that sound like God? He's like, I don't I, no, that doesn't sound like God to me. But she's like, it's God. I can tell from this. So she gives me $1,000. Now that's $3,000. And and then the, the pastor gets up and he's like, I feel like God is breaking the poverty spirit off of your family line. And, and you know, there's something in my family. I grew up where I was in a little small town and my dad's a general building contractor, but there was 3,000 people in the town. So you either had a job in the winter or you hoped you shot a deer because you weren't eating well otherwise. And, and so... Um, you know, we grew up with kind of this, this deal where you didn't have quite as much. And so when he said that, I felt something on it. But I'm super embarrassed. I, I'm like, my daughter's on the trip with me, and, and, and she's weeping over here. And I'm like, this is, this is not, this, this just, uh, God, this can't be right. And he says, we're breaking this off of you. All the leaders come up here and lay hands on Ben. And I'm like, oh, I was supposed to be laying hands on you. you could, could we not do this? But they're doing it anyway, and, and you just respect. And so in that moment, this guy starts praying this prayer of Jacob's ladder over me. And he says, I see angels ascending and descending. I see one side of the ladder is $1,000 and the other side of the ladder is $1,000. And then I see a rung of the ladder is another $1,000. And he says, I feel like I need to give you $3,000. Now this is the double, triple anointing. It's weird. Uh, so I got $3,000 from these little old ladies and then $3,000 from this man. And, and I am super embarrassed I am just like, oh, this is overwhelming. And, uh, and, and I go down from the mountain and uh, they give me my hotel in Seoul, Korea, my hotel room, and it's the code to my bank account. And I'm like, this, this is crazy, God. You're speaking some crazy stuff to me and this is amazing. And, and not, not, this is to brag on God, but it's super embarrassing for me, for me. You know, I, I go and, and minister all over the world and I don't, I don't go to get money. I go to be a servant of God. There's sometimes there's blessing, but I've never been blessed like that trip. I came home with $14,000. Yeah, amen. Do it again, God. Who wants that kind of blessing? I'm like, I, I could use another one of those. That was a couple years ago. It's like... Oh, Jesus, and I was so literally embarrassed, and, and what was even more incredible is my daughter getting to experience that kind of blessing over her father was very unique for Kira, and it was very special, and I, I felt like even before that trip, God had been speaking to me, and I had this vision in my heart, and he said, uh, I... I I kind of kept it in my heart. And how many of you have vision for God? 
Raise your hand if you have vision for God to do something in your lives. And some of us, we try and do that real humble thing. God, if you'll bless me, I'll do all this for you. Like I've got a heart and a vision for you. And, 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 and God says, Ben, what's your number one ministry? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, what's your number one ministry? And I said, my family. He says, what's your vision for your family? How do you want your family to be blessed? And I said, well, we have an older home. It's a new older home. We've, we've got some property and I like the home, but I, I'd like to remodel that home. And he said, well, how come you haven't written down the vision? And I used to be a general building contractor. My dad was, and I used to draw the plans for once. He's like, you haven't even drawn out the plans. And he's like, I've got the provision for you, but you haven't written the vision down. And he said, it's better in my hands right now because you get compounded interest when I keep it in my bank. But it's waiting for you to write down the vision. How many of you need a scripture for it to be an official preach? Habakkuk 2 Verse one through three, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look and see what he will say to me and what answer I'm to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, write the revelation or the vision down and make it plain. Write it on tablets so that whoever reads it can run with it, for the vision awaits an appointed time. It speaks of an end. It won't prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and not delay. This is a season of vision, and there's great vision being released, and there's been something that's been released that is attacking people's vision. There's been something released over the world and it's been released in a way that it's like creating intense fear, discomfort, all kinds of things. And I love that Pastor Keith went after addiction this morning because um, I I think there's been uh, just an epidemic of addiction in this season. Why? Because we're addicted to artificial comfort. We're trying to comfort ourselves in a season of severe pain, in season of trauma, and it's not just individual trauma, it's world trauma. And I don't want to give COVID or any of that stuff too much attention. It already gets plenty of attention. But there is a fear narrative that's been released over the world, and it's crippled vision. And then we try to replace what Holy Spirit was supposed to be in our life, he's supposed to be the comforter, but we know him in name only as the comforter. How many of us actually turn to Holy Spirit first when we're in pain? Some of us, we don't even recognize we're in pain. We just go straight to, I overwork. Oh, some people are addicted to overworking. Yeah, that's an addiction. What are you doing? I'm trying to keep the pain out of my mind, so I'll just keep working. I'll keep eating. Drugs, alcohol, it could be whatever. What's your artificial comfort? What's your self-medication in those moments? And, And Holy Spirit is wanting to come in and move into those places 
and begin to take the place of the comforter in your life. And when he does that, and we actually deal with the issues in our life, then hope is restored, vision is restored. And then we start dreaming again. And some of you need to dream again. Some of us need to dream again. And not just for something to do for God, but something to do for God through our family. Do you care about your family that way? Because God wants to embarrass your family with his goodness. I'm just telling you, uh, you're like, well, you know, I'd always love to do a vacation, but I, you know, uh, God, I'll do ministry over a year. I've robbed my family too many times in life uh, where someone blesses me and gives me a gift and I turn around and give it away. And I never recognized the difference between seed and bread because it all turned to bread or it all turned to seed in my life because I wanted to be generous. I wanted to be spiritual. I wanted to be good with God. So anytime there was blessing that came into me, I looked to, okay, who can I give this away? $500? Okay, I give it away the same day. And my, my family's not even blessed. What happens when you plant bread in the ground? What, what happens, wait, wait, not just any ground. What happens when you plant bread in good soil? Anyone? Come on, there's ranchers, there's farmers out here. What happens when you put bread in the ground? Nothing, it rots, it gets moldy, it disappears, it biodegrades, if you want to get fancy terms, Right? It doesn't do nothing. And a lot of times in my life, I've taken what God intended as bread for my family to bless my family, and instead of planting it in the right spot, I gave it away thinking I was being spiritual. Now, I'm not saying you don't give to what God is doing. Uh, no, that's an overflow of it happens in my family first. My wife says this, and I think it's brilliant, and I think it is righteous as well. She says, Ben, revival isn't revival till it shows up in my home. What's she saying? Hey, we experience revival at church all the time. We experience amazing services. The glory cloud shows up. God's presence shows up. Healing, signs and wonders, miracles. You know, it's what Keith and, and, and Bethany and the team went after this morning, this, this house of miracles. But the house of miracles starts here. You know, really our, our, our vision statement our heart as a, a church at Bethel is revival. The personal, global, and regional expansion of God, or regional and global expansion of God's kingdom through his manifest presence. We're looking for the miraculous. We're looking for all those things, but what does it start with first? Personal revival. Then it turns into regional revival. And then when it hits the region, and it goes global. Like, it's gotta start here with me. If I'm not blessed, how do I be a blessing? And God's wanting to pour out some things. And I wanna say this, because I've been learning a process with my daughter, and it's been brilliant. And I wanna kinda close with this story. My daughter is 20 years old. When she was graduating from, eight t uh, from eighth grade, uh, she... 
uh, had her first $1,000 that she put in the bank. She got a bunch of money from grandparents and family and that kind of stuff. And, 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 and she had her own savings that she had put in. And, and she's like, Dad, I got $1,000 in my bank. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. That's so cool. And she says, yeah, you know what I'm going to do? I said, no, what are you going to do? She says, I'm going to buy a brand new car one day. And I'm feeling a sneeze coming on. Thank you. And, and so she's like, I'm going to buy a brand new car one day. I said, that's awesome, baby. I said, did you know that the same amount of money it takes to buy a brand new car, you could put a down payment on a house and you could have a house instead of a car. Are you serious? <laughs> well, I'm going to do that. I said, okay, great. And from that day on, she started saving. She started saving everything she'd get from jobs to gifts. And she started putting it away, putting it away like a squirrel preps for winter. I mean, she's just like, oh, there's a nut, there's a nut. And she's packing them away. And she's got it in her bank account. And it's growing, it's growing. I said, okay, baby, now we need to go meet with a mortgage agent. We, we just need to find out a plan. We need to figure this out. So we go meet with her. And she's like, okay, you need two years of income tax uh, reporting and, and uh, you wanna try and make as much as you can in those two years and don't take any deductions, just pay the whole thing so it lo- you, know, you look like you made that amount of money. Okay, great. So she starts doing that and she's like, and then you know, you're so young, you don't have any credit. You have no credit history. Okay, so what do I do? The lady says, okay, go get a credit card. And don't just buy whatever you want to buy. Go get a credit card and pay for your gas in your car and, and then pay it off right away. And so she's diligent with that. She doesn't just get one, she gets two. Well, this last year at 20 years old, she's got $34,000 in the bank that she saved by herself. Just by doing, can you say sexy in church? <laughs> doing the thing that isn't sexy to people. It's doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's not cool. That maybe that's better church language. Sorry, Keith. <laughs> I might not get invited back. <laughs> hey, God invented that. Um, so it, it, it's not the cool thing, but it's the diligent thing. She was a steward of something. People are like, Oh, wow, this is amazing what you did. So she did that over and over and over again, gets that amount of money in the bank, and then uh, by the time she's 20, she's got an over 750 credit score. We go in, now she's got her couple of years worth of income reporting. She qualifies for a, a loan and, and a conventional loan at that. And so uh, mom and dad aren't helping. Like, we're not paying any money. This is all her money, all her deal. And she winds up buying her very first home this last July. And people are like, oh my goodness, Kira, your life is a miracle. That's so amazing. That's so incredible. Look what God did. And, and, and the truth is, that's not a miracle. That's stewardship. But I want to tell you something, and it's this. Miracles actually ride on stewardship. 
Miracles are attracted to stewardship. Miracles are attracted, are attracted to someone who has a vision. My daughter had a vision and, and, and she, she walked it out and stewarded the vision, planned it out. She gets a house. It was built in 1938, so this is not a nice house. It had a ton of issues. So everyone was afraid to get the house, except she has a father who fixes broken things. Hmm, what's that sound like? And they will repair the ancient ruins. They will repair the long devastated places. Who's they? The broken people that God redeemed. They're the repairs. And, and this has been our message our, her whole life. Hey, this is what we do. We repair broken things. We make it better. God's a redeemer. This is what he does. And so that's what we do. This is what we create. We believe in our city, so we make our city better. And we find those places. You know, we're in a neighborhood right now where there's some things that are broken down. And it's like, you're planting a church right in the middle of that spot because that's what God would do. That's what God would do. That's what he does. And he makes what was once beautiful that became ugly now beautiful again. And he restores an, uh, an original purpose. And so people are like, oh, this is such a miracle, Kira. And, and, and she says, no, it's not a miracle. It's stewardship. But I'll tell you where the miracle happened. What happened is Kira gets a vision and, and dad gets behind her vision, and we're like, hey, baby, you know, if you remodeled that home, you'd have all kinds of equity, and I can remodel it for cheaper. I can fix the problems with that. But I would say, before you move into it, let's do the work first. So we gut it. We tear it apart on the inside. The outside's still a little ratty, but she's got a brand new inside house. But we, we start working on it, and my dad catches wind of this. My dad was a general building contractor, and he's like, hey, what are you doing with those doors? I said, well, we're gonna take them out and then put them back in. And he's like, yeah, that's a bad idea. How about I buy new doors for Kira? Ooh, now we're talking miracles. Now we're talking something because now there's provision around a vision. Someone else is catching the vision because someone went after it. Someone stewarded something for a long time. Oh, okay. And, and he's like, you know, hey, why, why, why don't you and I re, rewire the house? So dad's helping out and doing this stuff. And then, and then uh, the other grandpa, who's a general building contractor, gets wind of it. And he's like, hey, I got a contract with a sheetrock company. How about I pay for the sheetrock for your house? Okay, okay, that's two miracles. This is awesome. This is, this, is, this is going well. And he's like, you know what I have? Now that you found hardwood floors underneath the horrible vinyl that was in there, uh, you know, and there's glue all over them. They're, they're horrible. They're tons of work. We spent weeks stripping the floors and doing everything. He's like, I've got all the sanders, all the tools. We can refinish these and make them beautiful. So we do all that. Another miracle. Then... My mom, grandma, sees the house and says, oh, you got a brand new house. This, this, this is a beautiful kitchen. You can't put that old refrigerator in a brand new kitchen. I want to buy you a refrigerator. Okay, now, now what's crazy is, is the other grandparents 
on my wife's side, hear about the stories, and now it's creating jealousy. <laughs> you know that healthy jealousy? See, people are jealous to get behind a vision. And when they start hearing it, they're like, oh, I wanna be, I wanna be a part of something. I wanna be a part of something incredible. This is incredible. They're like, we'll buy you a washer and dryer. Oh my goodness. Now aunt and uncle hear about it. And they're like, well, what else are you saving for? She's like, I'm saving for my dishwasher. And I'm like, oh, something's about to happen. She gets a text later that night. Hey, pick out whatever dishwasher you want. We got it. Her brother now hears about it, who's the firefighter making good money with Cal Fire. And he's like, hey, what else do you need? We'll buy you a TV. And it's story after story of provision for the vision. What am I saying? God wants to bless you. And, and I, I want to honor your stewardship. Some of you have been stewarding things for a long time, but there is an attraction of miracles coming to you. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.